Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey through the Stargate, through SG-1, Atlantis and Stargate Universe. Destiny. The design is clearly ancient, launched hundreds of thousands of years ago. We were on a ship, but we have no idea where we are in relation to Earth. These are the wrong people in the wrong place. Shoot it. Why'd you do that? He told me to. I have a gun. What happened? Greer. Greer shot him. Each week, Alan and Mike will be following the adventures of the crew of the Destiny, along with one or two guest hosts. Join us for everything that is Stargate Universe. Hello, good evening, and welcome to episode 321 of the Gatecast, he said, hopefully. Yes, okay, I'll take I'll take Mike's utter silence for I didn't misremember it in the 10 minutes since he told me what it was. Well done, carry on. This episode is called Space. <laughs> and that laugh you hear are the dulcet tones of a previous frequent, and now sadly due to assorted reasons that I have neither time, energy, or knowledge to go into, rather less frequent guest, Mr. Moe. Uh, morning, guys. Welcome back, Brad. Yeah, it's back again. It is 5.27am in sunny, occasionally rainy, and apparently briefly snowy Australia. Yes, we've had it all this last week and a half. We get that in a day in Ireland. It's not referred to as four seasons in a day for nothing. That sounds like Melbourne. I've been in Melbourne, and yeah, it's pretty accurate. I went on a six-hour walking tour. I got alternately soaked, roasted, and frozen. Well, one of the main reasons Brad's taking a break more often than not is that we've had an increased number of new guests taking up time. I was going to mention that. It's great. Every week we've got either someone new or a returning guest to uh, help discuss the episode, which is... We may do a few more episodes where we get four people involved, because that went very well, I thought. Mm. So how was Brad? Ah, good, good. We've um, finally seen some sunshine over here after two weeks of rain, so particularly wet winter at the moment. You're just not set up for anything other than two seasons, are you? <laughs> but I'm from the tropics, so I prefer two seasons. Yeah, hot and hotter. Yeah, no, apart from that, not a lot's been happening. Finally watched the uh, Hobbit trilogy. My deepest um, condolences. <laughs> it was all good until I seen the last one. Ah, the sudden inclusion of Billy Connolly. The also <laughs> sudden inclusion of the fact that I'm assuming Mike's seen it, or at least as much of it as he wants to watch. I've seen the fan edit of the three movies. Oh, how oh okay. That? Shorter than the three movies. Basically, <laughs> they cut out all the crap. So it turns out to be a rather entertaining movie. Um, well, then you're probably not aware that in part three, Smog gets killed about ten minutes in. Yeah, because if you recall, I, I told you I'd watched it. And right where the woman, when they're at the shores of the island after the town's been destroyed and the woman comes up, who, who will you know who will protect the children? And I had Simpsons quote, so I switched off at that point. <laughs> I was intrigued, because there's only three paragraphs in the book after Smog is killed. So I was wondering how they're going to fill in the other two hours and 46 minutes. <laughs> and then I watched it and went, oh, they went with that then. Not the most terrible movie I've seen in the last 12 months, in fairness. The most terrible movie I've seen in the last 12 months, I saw on Sunday, to be Monday, The Conjuring 2. Oh, have you seen the first one? Uh, neither had I. I suppose I had an issue with the premise. It was about the Enfield hunting. Not ringing any bells, if you like. Nope. The Hobbit trilogy, Tolkien edition, four hours, 28 minutes. So that shows you how much they did cut out of it. Wow. Consider it runs for only 12, yeah. 
So yeah, obviously all the uh, all the bits that Jackson added have been removed. Yeah, <laughs> the whole elf love story that's gone. Ah yes, yeah. yeah. Xenophilia. There's actually a word for it, is there? To love a member of another, to be sexually attracted oh, to a right. love a member of another species. Yeah, xenophilia. I'm a mind more of useful information, me. It's odd. Um, the five armies is on Netflix here, but the other two aren't. And I thought oh, I'll sit here. I've seen parts of the first one. I thought that's all right. I should be able to put two and two together and started watching the third one. And Smog's killed and all this. I'm going. No, I have no idea who any of these people are. <laughs> I watched the extended edition of Batman vs Superman. Oh, you finished it, did you? Yeah, I told you. It were in, uh, in about three tranches. Well, you told me you'd seen the first off. You never actually told me you'd finished. Ah. Slightly more pleasant. It wasn't terrible. It certainly wasn't as terrible as I'd heard. Well, I hadn't seen the theatrical, so... But from what I've heard, you know, most of the added stuff actually explains what's going on. Yeah. Why suddenly Clark Kent and everybody leaps to such conclusions. He's in the film. There's more Clark Kent shot. Yeah, you wouldn't think it was a Superman sequel, would you, really? No. Well, at least it did address the major issue I had with Superman, which is why would a guy whose very defining characteristic is to save people choose to battle his fellow Kryptonians in the middle of a heavily populated city, killing tens of thousands? Oh, they had to to hit on that one, did they? Yeah. (laughs) This is an abandoned area. Nobody lives here. Do you hear that, folks? (laughs) Java spider building and evacuate us. (laughs) Yeah. I still think the most amusing thing about Batman versus Superman is the interview with Affleck and the other guy, his name I forget. Cavill. And it's zooming in on Affleck's expression and the oh, yeah. interview, oh, the old <laughs> fades down and fades up is the Samuel Garfunkel sound of silence. His mood, he just wasn't there, was he? It'll be interesting to see what uh, Affleck does with the next Batman movie because basically it's, it's his. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, it'll just, it'll just go to show how much involvement he had. How to continue a television series after a major actor has left the cast. Part 2. The Blake 7 Method. Remove the character from the script. Introduce a new replacement character. Eventually, few of the original characters will be present, and the series will barely resemble its original form. For more about British science fiction television, listen to the British Invaders podcast. www.britishinvaders.com Right then, as Alan says, this week's episode is going to be Space. An episode where we meet aliens for the first time in the Stargate universe. So something to uh, look forward to there. Yeah, an external threat. Yep. Just to add a little bit of spice, because so many internal conflicts going on on board Destiny at the moment. Star Trek Universe has the movie The Cube. Okay. You put people into a pressure cooker situation and you just watch them slowly fall apart. Yeah, I suppose there's uh, some correlation. There are doors you could open on Destiny that will kill you if you walk through, but maybe no laser grids or anything like that built into them. <laughs> Where laser grids? It was razor wire. It has been, what, 20 years odd since I've watched the Cube. Forgive me for not knowing the intricacies of how they kill people. Oh, uh, I've seen all three, including Cube Zero. All I remember is David Hewlett and uh, Nicole DeBoer were in the first one, weren't they? Yep. Yeah, I was, was going to say, no... Dr. Rodney Bicator bails out of this one. <laughs> he doesn't do much bailing out of that one either. <laughs> he does bail out, though. Mm. Okay, then. We are all queued up on the black screen, I hope. The black screen of not doom. As per usual, the video is ripped from the Region 2 DVD. Hence, the runtime is only 41 minutes 53 seconds, a little bit shorter than uh, the American and the Blu-ray counterpart. 
However, the content should be identical. Currently, the counter is set to 000. Alan will be doing a 3 to 1 countdown, and when he says clicky, we'll all press play and then we'll go for it. Tell me, Coxie, Oopsie, Clicky. This is what Destiny intended from the moment it entered the star system. Right then, the uh, introduction by Rush. This has actually changed a bit, they're including a little bit more information. But for our purposes, Space, Season 1, Episode 11 of Stargate Universe. Gatecast episode 321. This episode was written by Joseph Malozzi and Paul Mully and directed by Andy Mikita. At its premiere in America and Canada, April the 2nd, 2010. The UK, April the 13th. I do not have a date for Australia this time. Germany, April the 18th. Sweden, May the 21st. Series with episodes of the same name. The X-Files, News Radio, Bear Shark, Transformers Cybertron. Explorations, Drunk History, and Only in America. You just couldn't wait, could you? Anyone who had access to that room is under strict orders not to sit in that chair. You knew. A longer introduction and recap, probably because it's more or less a follow-on episode. Someone's trying to undermine the Colonel's authority. We cannot let that happen. Somebody's trying to frame me, Eli. Where's Rush? He didn't make it. Flashback mm-hmm. to Franklin getting his brain screwed with. Ooh. Yes, there was some conflict between Rush and Young, which... You have a ton of understatement, Michael. And we cut away from Kino footage to outside footage, which was a slow pan across the ship, which makes my cappy. That's actually a stock shot. I was no, going to say it. Yeah. Time. <laughs> but it is a pretty shot. Ah, the razor. Everyone seemed remarkably clean-shaven. You suggested there was a razor. Yeah. That mirror's not much cop, though, is it? It's a bit manky. Is that mildew or mould or something? You think if they're so shy of water, they... They wouldn't be allowing that much dampness. Well, if that's a glass, you can only imagine what the bedding in that was like. <laughs> <laughs> no headaches? Any uh, blurry vision? I'm fine. You sleeping okay? Are you sleeping okay? Well, you'd know about that, TG, wouldn't you? Well, no, they're not together at the moment. At the moment. I have bed bugs the size of rabbits. What do you think I'm not sleeping? <laughs> I didn't look up under my bed. <laughs> The only movie I got on my iPad was Jaws, and it's terrifying me. Uh, Flashback to my youth after I watched Jaws. <laughs> I probably was too young to watch it. Yeah, I think I was in that boat too. Yeah, I watched The Exorcist when I was about seven or eight. That was not a good idea. I was terrified of trees for years afterwards. Funny <laughs> what your mind latches onto. Yeah. That emotionally, a lot has been left unresolved. Jung really isn't in the mood to be psychoanalyzed, especially by his former girlfriend. And now another woman in his life who gives him nothing but trouble. Colonel, off to uh, file your latest report back to Earth. That's right. I'm curious about the details you intend to provide regarding the incident with Dr. Rush. Exactly what happened. Threatening? I'm scheduled to file my report with Earth later today, and it may cast some doubt on your version of events. Yeah, what exactly can you say? You can lay out some of the groundwork where there'd been animosity between them, but then again, Rush had pretty much pissed off everybody. Mm. Accuse me, you should have the guts to come right out and accuse me. I don't have proof of anything. I think you just want to be in charge again. I'm saying you had plenty of motive. Really? You can't get proof. <laughs> she doesn't want to be in charge again. She's only in charge for half an hour. It really killed her. Oh. I'll admit it. I don't miss the man. David does. He's dealt, he's dealt with him. Yeah, this is all... Uh, yeah. Everybody's watching everybody. There aren't any secrets on Destiny, really. Close the door. <laughs> I say we're all better off. 
Oh, well, that's reassuring. So if you don't measure up, you just get left for dead? Well, what, what exactly is the criteria then for sticking around? You agree? All right. Let's do this. Now, Dr. Kane, he's taking a more prominent role in these few episodes, played by Ty Runyon, Canadian actor. Recently been in Motive and Dark Harvest. Hey, Eli. Hey, when you get a chance, can you check the shower system? The pressure's been kind of low. Sure. What's it done here? And the Kino is everywhere. Mm. I know he's operating under orders from Colonel Young, but Eli's spending way too much time spying on everybody. <laughs> you know he's too busy, because normally these pair come around. Yeah. I can hear you. Oh. <laughs> Shut up, James. Uh, I, I'm so sorry. How about we just uh, carry on like nothing happened? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> you don't want anybody to suffer that. God. Kill me now. <laughs> and surely Eli's got a mute button there. Mm. Am I seeing what I think I'm seeing there? What? She's a woman and she's got nipples. Yes. She's a woman and she's got nipples, Alan. Live I'm with it. I'm aware of that. I just wasn't quite this aware of it. Funnily enough, they said the boom mic came into frame and nobody noticed. <laughs> now, this is a bit different. Normally, they have a setup shot of Homeworld Command. We know who he's transferring them with. Not this time. They explained how they did the shot in the commentary. They got uh, one of the sets from Stage 4, put it behind Young, filmed him entering into the communication stones. Close up, whipped it away, suddenly he's on this new stage. It's the elevator trick all over again that they pioneered in SG-1. Okay, some fancy new clothes and new surroundings. Young looks a bit puzzled. Going for a swim? Oh dear. <laughs> He's new. Obviously not friends with these <laughs> with these aliens. Well, not him. Now we weren't attacked or anything. Well, no, because he's a... Uh, the hell? Body swapped, hasn't he? The nice little short title sequence. I'm still in two minds whether or not I prefer a long title sequence or short. Yeah, I do miss the anthem at the start. Something about 20, 25 seconds, not the two-minute jobby that you get on HBO or <laughs> Stars. <laughs> Intr- introducing 25 characters. <laughs> you okay? Point of view of the alien. Nice, a little different colour as well. I was going to say, it should be a bit of a colour shift or something. Ooh, this is your chance. Put the boot in. (laughs) Telford? Real good. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) This commentary, which featured Andy Makita, Mark Zavella and Joseph Malozzi, was recorded again just after season one production was wrapped. Actually was recorded before all these episodes aired. And so it was interesting doing this commentary. Normally they do a commentary a couple of years after the episode gets aired and the DVD gets released, but the windows have decreased at such a point that Blu-rays and DVDs, digital copies are coming out not long after an episode broadcast. Mm. You're dreaming, sir. Go have some rest. Do. Do we? Well, no, not personally. I I just got put on stone duty because Riley's not back on his feet yet. You know, sir, you have been under quite a bit of stress. Oh, you're not suggesting that I imagine it? You're crazy. <laughs> What next? We're on a spaceship. Whoever took over your body was acting kind of strange. Look, there was no way that I hallucinated that ship or that alien. My imagination isn't that good. I'd have liked, you know, if this was SG-1, O'Neill probably would have said, look, I've seen enough science fiction movies to recognise an alien. Mm. They'd have done some pop culture reference, but Universe isn't that kind of show. Mm. 
Jung certainly isn't that sort of character. And that device are off limits. Understood. Jung lays down the law. Some uh, interesting expressions from the people around him, that's for sure. Where they got the thread from? What? What is he selling? It looks more like something you'd put on Christmas tree bauble. Mm. There's a pair of pants somewhere being deconstructed. Yes, everybody's got to volunteer at least one one piece of clothing so they can unravel it. And at least this is something they have, you know we have to sort out. They only had the clothes they were wearing and whatever they could grab in the bags. So darning socks could become very critical, especially when you're wearing military boots. Uh, I'm sure second-hand elastics like gold. Yeah. yeah, but isn't that kind of elastic all stretched out and useless? Well, you can use it for something, I'm sure. Well, that'll all be losing weight, so clothes will be fitting a lot easier. <laughs> or is it going to be like Lost, where certain uh, characters don't seem to lose weight at all? They have a low metabolism. Another is convenient. And another is surprising. Okay, your turn. You actually think that this will keep me from filing my report back to Earth? Actually, yeah. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure it will. Again, using a lot of time with Camille and Young. Obviously, they're setting up events that's going to come in the next few episodes. Let's hope that those who sit in judgment of you grant the mercy you deny, Dr. Rush. I believe you mean allegedly denied, Dr. Rush. Communications with Earth will resume as soon as I am completely satisfied that the next attempt to connect will not result in another coincidence or convenience or a surprise. She's had the taste of power. Mm. Liked it, then realised how much pressure there was, panicked. But once you had it... She's been denied it on Earth, she wants it here. Well, she has got a chip on her shoulder when it comes to a uh, placement in the IOA. Yeah. Two tomatoes. <laughs> yes, tomatoes. We have tomatoes. <laughs> we finally have tomatoes. More or less. Very small, cute tomatoes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> are they tomatoes, or are they just... An alien fruit that looks like tomatoes. Because if they've been grown in hydroponics, and we've seen a couple of episodes ago, Franklin actually was beginning to grow stuff. Mm. There's no particular reason they should taste differently. Shorter strawberries. Talking to him, they can finally start growing meat. <laughs> okay, the pressure's getting to Eli, I think. Yep. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Enjoy your tofurkey. He is in a terrible position. He knows things that nobody else knows. Young is putting an incredible amount of pressure on him, spying on everybody, spying on his friends, and it can't be good for him. Everything that Rush was working on. serious. Colonel Young was willing to sacrifice his own life so that one of us could have a shot at getting on the shuttle when the ship was heading towards that star. You think it's a cold-blooded murderer? I wasn't saying that. It's, it's fine. This is Eamon Richmond in a civis, played by Rukia Bernard, only appearance on Universe, Canadian actress. Huh. She is in the upcoming Van Helsing series, which features a lot of people that have been in Stargate, so I'm certainly going to be watching that. They've been the one calling all the shots. What we eat, where we sleep, what we do and when. And we just sit back and let them. Yeah, they're the ones with the guns. Well, the plants are definitely getting bigger. Yeah. I wonder if it's just a lack of soil, what the uh, soil base is they're using, or... Maybe, yeah. Could it be bad air? Probably she's been around since the 80s. Yeah. The key is always going to be the nutrients and lighting. Get that right. And we're out of hyperspace. That looks inviting and purple. He looks nicely alien. Are you kidding me? Well, purple chlorophyll is sensitive to red and infrared light. 
plant is probably orbiting a red dwarf. Aquino says breathable atmosphere, water, and oxygen. I'm not concerned about potential stellar flare activity. Could be the science as well. Well, Destiny would know that, surely. Well, that's why. Why else would it be here? Yeah, there must be something useful. Even if it's just to get more water. Sirs, you've got to see this. Or did Destiny come out to FDL for this? Well, no, it just showed up. So, but so they. <laughs> yeah, but Destiny's long-range sensors would surely detect it. That looks big. Yeah, you can't fly FTL without having a sensor package that is incredibly advanced and mm. long range. Eli, bring it up. Now. Yeah, you get the impression that big roundy thing in the front's a weapon. Yeah. Yes, it means business. There's no aesthetic there from our viewpoint. Who knows what the aliens like? That could be the sexiest thing they've ever built. <laughs> it's a love ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just... Maybe we should try communicating with it? How? Oh. Uh, well, we have broadcast capability. Of course, there's no way in hell they'd understand us. Eli. But I guess there's only one way to find out. It's scanning. On your left is a very pointy alien starship. Wave to the aliens as we fly by. <laughs> we do? Well, we've never made the broadcast anyway. Good point. <laughs> so if they speak ancient... There's no way this is a coincidence. I bet you I was on that ship this morning. You you I'd put money on that. Mm. It would be a shocking coincidence if you're on a, another ship. There's no way they can find us this fast. They answered back. There you go, Eli. First contact. Make it good. And miraculously, it translates into ancient. I wonder if Rush had worked on an interface. James Robbins did the concept art for the alien starship. He does most of the artwork on uh, Stargate. They even said wanted it to look a bit more rhinocerosity. <laughs> we mean you no harm, and we'd like to meet you. What do I do? What, what, what do I say back? Nothing. 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 Get our weapons online. You like straightforward communication from alien species. You didn't give him the coordinates, did you, Eli? Don't tell me you didn't give him the coordinates. Don't shoot. Remember the first episode of Enterprise when Jonathan Archer actually pretty much gave the first starship he came in directions to Earth. Come invade. We won't be there. So much for telling everybody to uh, get back to your quarters and, you know, get safe. Get away from the hull? Yeah, that big glass window. Yep. Stand well back. Yeah, because that window's actually last. Fighters, Eli. Fighters, that's what they're called. You're a, you're a sci-fi nerd. You should be well into this. Oh, my God. You, Launching you, fighters. You, you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Panic! Panic! They're coming for us! The red dots are coming for us! Right, right, after what happened to Riley, we were still in the process of checking each gun's functionality. We'll find a way around it, Eli. Oh, of course. That's why Riley's not doing the stones. He got injured, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. So, this shuttle is armed. They've kept that quiet as well. Yeah, there's one of us and 14 of them. We're screwed. Yep. Obviously, the aliens are inferior. We take that as a given in human entertainment. You think the humans are inferior in alien entertainment? Because otherwise we'd lose every movie. Haven't you seen yeah. Falling Skies? Who won? We did. <laughs> or is that a spoiler? Don't worry, it's not a spoiler. You knew we were going to win right from episode one. <laughs> Didn't appear to be winning episode one. Major characters are killed off episode by episode. Everything looked hopeless. Yeah, well, they didn't win. Like, come on. Hey, hey, 
first real space battle over here. <laughs> pressure, pressure. Okay, Greer, you shouldn't be that happy about this. Mm. You know, it's, we're the ones who fired first. Yeah. They have given us the ultimatum. Surrender, and we will bring cake. <laughs> the cake is a lie. Ooh. Like I said, brand new CGI effects, 3D explosions so they can pan around it. They first worked on that on Atlantis after 2D explosions, which, as you'd expect, look rather flat when you've got 3D models flying around them. Has Volker made his own telescope? Yes, he has. Oh, here we go, finally. Oh, they've got, they have got some sort of shielding then. It's a pretty thankless task, though, for these pilots, isn't it? Mm. Unless they're drones. They're drones. We're taking heavy fire! Can you boost power to the shields? I'm working on it. Shield power's being drained by the weapons. <laughs> Thank you, Brody. <laughs> See, this is what we should have. Oof. Red shirt. Yep. Ooh, that, oh, that must have hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that. Got surges happening all over the ship. The weapon system wasn't ready for this. Eli, everyone on board this ship is counting on you. Don't need to hear that. You That's not fair to Eli at all. Rush, perhaps you take some of the blame for this. I don't care, both of you. I need this ship working now. You should have thought of that before you got rid of Rush. We've never needed to concentrate oh. on the weapon systems because we haven't had to shoot at anything yet. <laughs> Targeting's not great, is it? No, it isn't. But then there isn't really a targeting system. No one's sitting there for little cross crosshairs going. It should be automated. Yeah. Yeah, chase the moving parts. Yeah, there is no reason for manually firing weapons on a spaceship. Mm. Even modern day frigates will have computer controlled, radar controlled point defense. You don't rely on a guy with a line of sight to an incoming missile. I tell you, special effects have come a long way when it comes to emulating lightning in an enclosed area. It looks real. That's it, James. Go for it. Now, this looks like a bloody big breaker. Pull the lever. <laughs> you guys okay? Yeah. Checker. Okay. Three more triangles. <laughs> She's toast. All of a sudden, we've lost weapons. <laughs> hey, Eli, we got some meat. Who pulled, the, who pulled the weapon circuit? They've got meat for Eli. Well, that's uh, convenient. And as you might remember, this is the same design that uh, the ship that departed the Destiny, Air Part 3. So they're back. And Chloe, of course, goes exploring. She can fight off the aliens. She is, after all, an attractive young woman, and aliens like to probe attractive young women. Oh, very Asgardy. Mm. Actually, that looks like a giant tree bombing. Don't go towards the light, woman. Don't look up into the hole. Hello. That's what she said. Have you seen Close Encounters? <laughs> and that's just rude, leaving an open hole in a spaceship. I was going to say, that's venting atmosphere. Eamon <laughs> Dunning's holding on for grim life. That's it, lad. Now, wasn't Chloe near it? She was right underneath. The ship that was above the hole has just taken off. Chloe is missing. Do the math. Dramatic music. Eamon Dunning is played by Darcy Laurie. Great name. Colonel Young, this is Eamon Dunning. Sir, please respond. They're retreating. We got them on the run. No, we don't. 
Let's give them something to remember us by. That's it. Bloodthirsty humans. Get all aliens. You realise Chloe's on one of those? They don't at the moment, no. How close to that big ship do you want to fly? <laughs> it could have tractor beams, shields, all sorts of stuff. Chloe may be on board one of those ships. Maybe. I'm pretty sure she is. Isn't a tractor beam basically an electronic harpoon? Mm, yeah, I'd go with that. Nice piece of CGI there as the shuttle thrusts away from the retreating alien ship. How happy is he? Lieutenant, it was nobody's fault. We were not ready for this. No, you weren't. No roving patrols, no no plan for you know defending your ship against any borders. Without borders. Sir, that ship is still within shuttle range. Request permission to permission take it to Colonel. You wouldn't stand a chance with me. What are we going to do? I'm going after her. How? Communication device. Sir, you are only assuming that's the same ship that you yes, were I'll on. I'll find out when I'm on board. Yeah, that is a particularly stupid idea from Scott there. He's rather letting his feelings for Chloe get the better of him. Yeah, I suppose at least they're doing something different and there isn't just another Stargate on the ship. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, if she's in a flotation tank, shouldn't she be naked? No. Yes, she should. Primetime television. Apple's a sci-fi original, maybe. Elise went to uh, University of British Columbia Aquatic Centre to uh, have a crash course in scuba driving. Scuba, <laughs> scuba diving. Really enjoyed it. She really did enjoy doing all this water work. Chloe was taken. What? How? One of the ships latched on. Cut a hole. I can't get a pulse over here. Grab the bag. Keep the pressure on it, please. <laughs> and all it means is dead. Kane. Yeah? Kane, we need you. Okay. Because okay. no one else can put a stone on a board. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're going to tie you to the chair. That'll hold you down. We all know that if you haven't got duct tape, it doesn't work. Duct tape is the only thing that you can use to tie somebody to a chair. Sir, let me do it. Lieutenant, it's not gonna happen. For the record, I think this is a very bad idea. Yes, but it's the best of the bad ideas. Go. Yeah, it is a bit ridiculous, isn't it? None of these people really know the technology behind the communication stones. Perhaps the only people that do are the ones that developed Area 51. Mm. Well, the only thing he did was pick up a cloth to actually handle the communication stone so there wasn't any skin contact with him. Yeah, he didn't imprint on board. He's back. There the laugh. Louis kept walking around the set in his spacesuit. even picked up a basketball and went dribbling through the set <laughs> while they were filming for another episode. <laughs> it does look rather... Bone fishing? Uh, I'm being polite. It has many uses, let's put it that way. <laughs> well, surely you can't just wander <laughs> before you find someone. <laughs> These alien creatures were created by Image Engine. They uh, just finished working on District 9 when they got this commission. Uh, explains a lot. Mm. Where's the tea? Go back and get the tea. I was thinking the same thing, because obviously they don't talk a lot between them. It's like, you know, a workmate's come up. You're not really friends. Give him a nod, get the tea in, mate. Hey, it looks like he might be in charge. Not quite seven of nine, but... Uh... <laughs> An interesting character, although we don't learn much about this alien race, at least in the individual aspect. We are not your enemy. We mean you no harm. 
I don't think it understands you. No, they typed in English. <laughs> and it's amazing how many non-English speaking people know at least one or two English words. Mm. Mainly the swear words, it has to be said, but... Die. I can <laughs> swear in several languages. I can ask for beer in 16. It's the only one you need to know. Beautifully atmospheric music that Joel's composed for this episode. Is that Rush? It might Don't. be somebody of interest. They're keeping it a bit of a mystery at the moment. Look, long wavy hair. Could it be Chloe? No. Rush going, oh bugger. <laughs> Suddenly it all becomes clear. How they knew English. Maybe not how they find him, because I don't think this is like a coincidence. They seem to be looking for a way of getting them out. Oh, he shut the door. Door control? Well, hey. Yeah, but it's not suspicious that that door be yeah. shut. Why is this door closed? This no, door shouldn't be closed. Has, no closed doors on my spaceship. Ah! And this, this is stupid. Surely they build spaceships better than this. He's trying to pull off any metal part he can find. This is loose. There we go. It's like a pneumatic uh, mail delivery tube or something. Yeah. Plastic. That glass is cracking yeah. off really quickly. Whoa. They actually built two sets. One for this water flood scene and one as normal. Ah, yes, there's nothing worse than water on a set of electronics and cameras. <laughs> no, Greer, you cannot shoot him. Stay strong. Okay, this could be a little difficult. Sign language? Oh, are you going to zap me with your Iron Man hands? They made the deliberate choice. A, they wanted a full CGI alien. They didn't want any of this prosthetics on an actor's head. <laughs> and they wanted aliens that did not speak English. And this is one of the reasons why most science fiction shows always have aliens speaking English by some means. Because it's bloody complicated. Yep. They've had to go through all this to get communication. And it takes a long time. You imagine if Voyager, every time they met an alien species, had to learn the language. Would have kept Daniel very busy in SG-1. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't have, mm. would have been doing any uh, mucking about looking for his wife, would he? No. This one transmits... This one receives. I've never been quite sure what Rush intended by this. Surely he expected the alien to know what the device did. Or did he think he was some sort of sympathetic alien out to free him? Okay, perhaps not the uh, intent. Or was it? Was this what Rush actually thought? It all becomes clear. Selective memories. Yeah. <laughs> At least you know who he is. Colonel Young! What happened? It's back. What just happened? The alien ship is closing in on us. Oh, my late. <laughs> get over there, mate. <laughs> They've got a really big pointy finger claw. Yeah, very difficult for subtle manipulation of controls and other things, isn't it? A lot of point typing. Yeah. And this, they were on about this in the commentary. Robert's kids was on set for this. So they watched their dad do all this miming. I was going to say, fighting himself. Yeah. They had a very thin guy in a grey suit who was playing the alien, and he did his role. 
They did some of the scene together, but a lot of it, Robert was literally on his own miming a fight. Okay, difficult. And that's interesting. Does that mean that he was only able to use the stones because that alien was in sync with him? That alien's the only one that's touched the stone. Why isn't it working? <sighs> Untie me. Well, all Rush has too, so. Well, yeah, but what possible. Re at this point, are we saying that these aliens had access to a stone? I don't. I wouldn't buy that. Mm. Maybe the aliens' communication is what the stones are based on. Something like, yeah, the cross of technology, but then you'd think Young would jump to another alien. Yeah, proximity shouldn't be an issue if they, if they can transmit so far. We'll let it go, though. I'm sure it'll be explained in the next episode. And it doesn't look well, because they're in the middle of a battle at the moment. Uh, guys, you may have noticed they're attacking us again. Eli, our shields aren't going to hold for much longer. Bring the main weapon online. Fire on the big ship. Chloe is still on board that ship. Do it now, Eli. Return fire. Everything we've got. I know the sparks look good, but... I still don't think it's right. <laughs> if the shield's got 5% or 50%, there should still be nothing happening inside. Yeah, either they're working or they're not. Okay, where'd this beauty come from? Base gun. I didn't do much, did it? Well, obviously it punched. Of course, because it read the alien's mind, he knows where Chloe is. And for some reason they've got enough control over the ship they can have it pointing towards it to fire at it. All side by side to it before. can't keep this up, the whole weapon system is overloading. Shields are down almost 50%. I know! This is a bad design. Yeah. Mind you, it doesn't help Russia's Muktaba and Isolator's conduits often. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. You need a pedicure, love. <laughs> Watch the glass. Yeah, here's the thing. Yeah. Why, aren't, why, aren't they, why aren't their feet put to ribbons? <laughs> it should, they should be. It's space glass, it doesn't cut. Andy, the director, told the makeup, Chloe's got to be, you know, got to be wet for this scene. So she brought a little britter on set, and he says, no, that won't do. So he just got a bucket of warm water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, Pokemon Go came out here today. Wow. Don't give her monkeys. Port. Bad and more bad. Too much power is going to the weapons. Our shields are going to fail. Also the shields. Devote all remaining weapons power to the main weapon. Keep firing on the big ship. One of the others, young, one of the other. Yeah, this isn't a brilliant idea, lad. I mean, Greer's all for it. And Scott's thinking, well, let's put it this way, he's not thinking with his brain. No, and I don't want to disobey an order. You got a problem with that? You want to save her? Do it. I'm going. You don't have to. I'm already here. They're retreating. Keep Firing. We fire again and we risk blowing ourselves up. I don't have a choice. Do it. Right there. They're retreating. How does he expect to get on board that ship? Yeah. The shuttle does not have laser cutting capability. No, we can't do what they did. And the Atlantis jumpers only were able to get in because they figured how the bay doors open and the fact that they were very thin. And they could cloak. Yeah. Thing if you could cloak and retreat with them. Nice little build up and boom. Very uh, serenity. Mm. Yeah. I, I like the idea. I mean, Star Wars probably pioneered it, but having the engine sound on a spaceship sound like it's coming from a tractor or mm. something. You know, totally different to what you'd expect modern technology to be. John Deere or Matthew Ferguson? <laughs> <laughs> International boy. 
Not more holes in the shit, please. It's a giant tree bomb meeting again. And that's where sound effects really work. Superhero yeah. landing, superhero landing. Yeah, then Deadpool was yeah. it. <laughs> you nailed that. Don't shoot him, Greer. Please don't shoot him. Colonel Young said you were dead. How oh, did he? Did he say how it happened? Rock's that. Oh, well, obviously he was wrong again. God, the guy's a genius. Right away he's making sure he can sync his story up with Young's to protect himself, not Young. I mean, he's on the ball, he really is. Go ahead. You are not gonna believe this. I've <laughs> got a surprise for you, mate. We've got a new, uh, <laughs> we've got someone returning. You're not gonna lie. We've got some alien tech spacesuits to examine. So, we're gonna do a quick dip into the sun to replenish. They must be low yeah. on energy, yeah. Weapons and shields getting depleted. Systems. On the crash ship. Found the database. I'd only just begun to look through it when the alien showed up. I guess it must have accidentally activated some kind of distress beacon. Anyway, I'm glad I did. I would have died out there. See, now you're hearing Rush tell his story. And you think, okay, this is Rush. He's probably not telling us something. You know, he was the poor lone human who got kidnapped by aliens. And they suddenly, through Neurolinks, got all the information they needed. I love how they had a couple of days he was stranded, he was able to determine how to fly the ship, even though he wasn't flying it, just so he could make an escape. Well, he said he got it powered up. A few times I was conscious they were probing my mind. I don't want to tell you. <laughs> you, don't, you don't really believe him. That's something I'd rather not think about, really. <laughs> That's the polite way of saying it. Yeah. They bent over. <laughs> my, my, <laughs> Those stories were all true. I thought my, my, my brain was in my collarbone. <laughs> Getting what he needed so we could escape. That's it. That's the best way of story when you get somebody else to tell it for you. Operating systems. Anything else? Like and Eli again. He knows what Rush did, but he can't say anything. He's trying his best to be uh, nasty, but it's not really working. Recently came on board, so they've seen us before. Well, they were there when you came aboard, weren't they? Sneaky little sons. Zod, twice now they've ships burrowed into the hulls, and they've had the like the ability to to come on board, yet they haven't. Again, Andy, the director, says shooting scenes like this was much easier using the old method, you know, over-the-shoulder, two-camera jobby, instead of using the floating cameras. He said Peter DeLuise, when he did his first episode, was very nervous about using that method. Eventually, they took to it like duck to water. And this is the way we film universe. That's the way you do it. Both of you. <laughs> Butch and Sundance, since I've just released time. Mm -hmm. Interesting, this isn't the first thing that happened. Yes, you really should clean that mirror. Yeah. Knowing the ancients, that mirror's probably got some unknown attribute. How do you get his clothes back? <laughs> they are the same clothes, aren't they? Yeah. Let's not go into that. <laughs> yeah, knowing Rush, he did a Jeff Goldblum, the first Fly movie. And since he was planning on going through, he had several sets. He had a go bag all ready to go. Yeah, he had several <laughs> sets of identical clothes, which he's worn equally, so the wear looks the same on all of them. I mean, this is a great scene because these, these two people, they are very strong characters in their own right. They don't like each other. They're operating at totally different agendas. But for this circumstance, they agree both to lie. Mm. No, I just wanted to know whether I can assume that you are going to try and kill me again next chance you get. Because the only way it's going to work, if they both go at each other in the open, the ship will fragment. And quite frankly, the, <laughs> the guys with the guns may win. Yep. But then... You've got half the ship of slaves. 
No, depends how gun happy the people are. You could have half the zip as food supplies. Well, Spencer was the only one that was really a big dream there. That's fine. What are they doing with Spencer? I presume, I hope they're using the protein to grow plants. <laughs> regret leaving you on that planet. Don't get me wrong. I, I think you deserved it, but I regret that I lost control, that I became a man that I couldn't respect anymore. Well, you're here. I'm here. We just have to live with it, don't we? Well, so is everyone else on board. They don't need the distraction. They don't need to doubt their leadership, and this ship needs to be ready for the next encounter. He does look nervous. He's not quite sure of this, because he knows that Young can take him out quite easily. He got lucky last time with a rock. Yeah. And there we get to the point. Let's pretend nothing happened. Carry on as usual. Nobody will know any different. Then, as I say, they're not friends. But when Young takes that step forward and Rush takes a little step backwards, he is intimidated. He knows his place. Which is some place to work from. For the sake of the crew. For the sake of the crew. Yeah, neither of them trust the other. There's always something you can ferment. I don't know what they would have fermented, but maybe that, that tomato. Well, even something that didn't taste very nice could probably ferment mm. to a passable white spirit. No, he's not into James. He brought you a drink, love. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Yeah. You want to try some? What is it? It's a little something that Dr. Emmons has been working on. She claims it tastes like gin. I say it's a little closer to rubbing alcohol. Solid sales pitch. Um, no thank you. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what do you think? You and James, any, any... There you go, TJ. He's not interested in James at all. You know, if things didn't work out, or maybe being stuck on this ship with someone you've had a bad relationship with... Oh, hello. <laughs> Timing. As if he hasn't got enough on his plate. Yeah. Fortunate that Kane's normal speaking voice carries so well. Mm. And he's clearly projecting. Hereby reserve the right to completely change my mind. <laughs> when the hour is upon us. She didn't waste any time to get back in bed with him, did you? No. Well, there's no no doubt they are a couple. Hello, Eli. Yeah, well, you couldn't have the way he was reacting in the episode. Go on. And this is the most surprising. We first meet James, you know, as she's having a having a go with Scott, but she obviously took that more serious, definitely took it more seriously than he did, and it's, she's still not over it. Is it that, though? Is it the fact that she just told Kane that... No, I, I don't think it's... I think she's embarrassed about that. That would probably her effort of trying to get away, put Scott to one oh, side, okay. and it kind of blew up in her face. And she's not like Park. She's just not going to jump into bed with anybody and just brush it off and next day be fine. She, James can't do that. <laughs> Super spy. Hmm. Yep. Bracket TM. Bracket, bracket, pat pending, bracket. And we don't know what this picture is. More mystery about Greer. Probably the last person he killed. Or a, or a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> this is Vera. That's his custom M60, he's got a name. 60, M82. 
Is that the airman that got electrocuted? Is he alive? Well, you can't kill too many of the crew, you know, when you're going to start missing people. Well, to be honest, I don't think I've ever seen anybody look so gorgeous in a t-shirt and dog tags. That's a plunging neckline. Oh, oh, never drink alone. A rocky road you're travelling. It's the hard life being in command. The hard luck life. Hard luck. We haven't seen the uh, washing machine system yet, however. <laughs> Keep on darning those socks, young. Hydroponics with Rush and Camille. Stop eating the produce. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to be doing that. Isn't not supposed to be doing that Rush's raise on Detra? You'd think this room would be on guard to uh, stop people coming in to pilfer it. It's like the water supply, isn't it? Yeah. Damn near killed me for it. Next time will be different. And this is disturbing to say the least. Yeah, well, so is Camille. Camille now knows exactly what happened. All through, we've seen it as this tight-laced, paper-pushing bureaucrat. Tight-laced? I did not see a corset. Then we get her when she goes home, and her character totally flips, and you're going, oh, she's great, love her life, she's fantastic, and then she's back again, and she's basically doing the IOA's dirty work, when the IOA themselves don't particularly like her. But they're using it, and she's happy to use Rush, and Rush is happy to use her. She's Yeah. We all wear different masks. We're all different people with different people. Quick word on the piece of music at the end. That was picked by Rob Hooper. It was a song called Now Comes the Night by Rob Thomas. Uh, this episode's got a couple of nominations. A Leo Award nomination for Best Visual Effects, and a Primetime Emmy nomination for Outstanding Special Visual Effects. Mm. I don't believe it won either uh, of them. Uh. CGI effects houses were really out doing in, doing each other, you know, you come out with a piece of artwork which was stunning, then two months later something else comes out which is even better. Yep. And yet, strangely, now we're seeing movies with CGI which looks worse <laughs> than it did a few years ago. It's bizarre. Just because you can do stunning things in CGI, people think, oh, we'll just render everything, but if you don't have a good director, if you don't have a good visual effects, if you don't have a good cinematography, it doesn't merge well, and it looks mm. crap. Well, you remember when Sanctuary appeared and they green screen virtually everything they did and it always looked green screen. They probably saved a ton of money, you know, and got sets which there was no way they could build. You said, OK, I'll go with that. It's a TV show. It's a low budget TV show. But you're seeing movies now with the same similar effects and they look, like you say, it looks so fake because the lighting hasn't been done yeah. right to merge with the CGI. And you just it's taking you out of the movie. The actors have no shadows. <laughs> Yeah, it's like in the old days when you got a, a fast 3D game on your PC, so you'd turn off certain visual effects to make it run faster. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong a little bit of trivia. Andy Makita, the director. 29 episodes of SG-1, 22 of Atlantis and 12 of Universe. He's also directed episodes of Primeval New World, Motive, Cedar Cove, Dark Matter, Killjoys and Lost Girl. Joseph Malotsi and Paul Mully, the writers. 39 episodes of SG-1 between them, 15 of Atlantis and 12 of Universe. And of course... Dark Matter has returned for its second season. Can I ask, do we know when Killjoys is back? It is already back. Killjoys is also back. In America, anyway. I don't know if it's on UK sci-fi. Dark Matter is. Oh, no, it doesn't matter where it's on. Yeah, then it's already back. It's on the same night, Friday night, alongside Dark Matter. Right, because it ended rather interesting. Right then, folks. Alan has got a date with the cinema. In 23 minutes. 
in 23 minutes. So we'll wrap this up. Brad, thank you very much for joining us once again. Uh, thanks, guys. It was good. I think um, this is where Universe really took off for me. I'm not a big fan of the in-ship squabbles, but uh, now that we're sort of getting that outside <laughs> for it. Can't wait to watch the rest of it. They're over that kind of building phase where they had to lay out everything, air, water, earth. Yeah. My question is, where's wind and fire? <laughs> well, the snow plant was windy. Oh, that'd be it. Could have done a Martian and had somebody bring an own only disco. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, the only one we know it, that's it, got music. Yeah. You want to give us a bit of information on Transformers Club of Australia, Brad? Ah, uh, yes. Um, Transformers Club of Australia would do a little thing here in Oz. www.transformerscca.com is the uh, website. Packing out the podcast each week as well. Joining the uh, editing train. <laughs> QI of the Tiger music. <laughs> okay, then that was space. Next week we will be looking at Divided. And if everything goes according to plan, Andrew will be joining us for that. We will be recording that next week. Right. Like I say, plans within plans within <laughs> plans. Yes. Like a circle in a circle, like a wheel within a wheel. Friday on an all new Stargate Universe. It's on. You should really get your people in position. It's time to choose what side you're on. I'm locked out. You weren't supposed to be down here. We've sealed off Colonel Young and most of the military personnel. We've taken the ship. Stargate Universe, an original series. All new this Friday at 9, only on Sci-Fi. Imagine greater. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. We got some feedback from Matt McLeod over on Google+. Plus. He said, I'm going to have to watch this episode again. I followed up with... There was one thing that I wondered when watching the episode. Why didn't they call in a forensic investigator and detective to make the whole thing impartial? And please don't tell me it would not have been red flagged that a member of the crew had a screw loose and needed to be observed. Apart from that, a solid episode again. It did cross my mind that these people are stuck there. The stone helps communication with Earth. So why not let those who aren't skilled swap with those who are and give others study lessons in areas of the ship to help maximise survivability? And I replied that the IOA would have wanted their guy and the SGC a military investigator for justice. Given that Camille and Rush were conspiring and Young unwilling to roll the dice, I can accept they kept it in-house. They do address the idea of sourcing off-ship intelligence, but yeah, it should have been far more widespread and on a more regular basis. Mac then posted, I know I say this every week, but your reviews are solid and your thinking is a lot like mine. I'm all for suspension of belief, but sometimes they ask too much. The audience have a limit to what they will accept. In Sharknado, it's flying sharks, which would be totally out of the envelope for Stargate. But spaceships in Sharknado would have you scratching your head. And so while it seems it's easy for the writers and producers to craft a narrative that fits the audience, only the best shows and movies get it right. Thank you for that, Mac. As always, appreciate your support. And if you do want to contact us, and we hope you do, we will listen to anything you want to say about Stargate and the Gatecast. Voicemail is fantastic, but we'll take emails... We really appreciate everybody that follows us and tweets with us on Twitter and Facebook. We're in our last year, so we're, we want to go out on a high note. So if you want to get in contact with us, here are the details. You can email us, including an audio message, using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. And we have groups and pages on both Facebook and Google+. You can search for us using generic Stargate, or more specifically Gatecast. We are also on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio, under Gatecast. Twitter to be popular. And you can find us at The Gatecast, which is one word. And finally, there is our main website, gatecast.co.uk, which has a variety of contact and links for keeping our Stargate family all together. Okay then, folks, that's it for this week. Next week, Divided. 
For now, though, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. And I've been Brad. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Thank you.